Hello everyone, my name is Jana Komarnitska and this is Petra Bonate and welcome to the Artist Day show where we talk about our travel and work adventures. I'm a dancing choreographer specializing in Near East uh, culture, Petra's photographer and drummer playing Arabic uh, drums and some other instruments and something tells me that our today's episode will be directly related to our um, professional endeavors and adventures yes. and explorations. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, remind you guys that uh, you can watch this uh, show on YouTube. You can also listen to it if you want to take it us on the go. You can listen to it on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. All is available there. You can get information about the show at uh, Yana's website or on my website. So that's yanadance.com slash podcast. And uh, for me, sorry, no, sorry. Sorry, it's yanadance.com slash artist date. Podcast is another project from Yana. And, uh, or my website, pedrobonato.com slash artist date. All the episodes are there. Links will be in the description. And uh, right now, just for context, we are back in uh, Giza. We're back in Cairo. Uh, we're staying in uh, Airbnb here in the Giza region of uh, Cairo. And... Um, well, I guess let's get started with what whatever we're going to talk about today. So pretty much I know what it is, but... Uh... Well, uh, just to mention like a little, little reference to this because it's related to our previous episodes. So for those of you who watched us continuously, because our previous episodes from Cairo, we were also staying in Giza, but slightly different. So Giza, it's a huge yes. district. And I must admit that as I'm saying, like we now start scratching beyond the surface level of touristic uh, uh, staying in Egypt and in Cairo. And although it's uh, very still like so-called chubby, like local district, a little messy one with all these stores. We are literally on the street with a lot of shops and some people come specifically to the street to do shopping for clothing, etc. But it's not touristic one no. and the vibe is different. So. I know it was not the main subject what we wanted to talk today in the episode, but I just want to um, to note it for those who were continuously watching the show, who are continuously watching the show, so probably we'll dive into it more, but it's kind of like feels like opening different doors and different uh, uh, vibes in Cairo specifically, in Egypt in general and Cairo specifically. But the main reason why we came back to Cairo, because we were in Luxor almost three weeks, like two and a half weeks, and we could have stayed even longer. It was like chill and nice. I mean, we found our temple, <laughs> let's yes. say this way. We found there our temple and our spots and, and things to do. But the main reason why we came back to Cairo is because I was very excited during summer, specifically for this uh, month, not the calendar months, but literally 30 days, um, to stay in Cairo because there are many dance, big dance festivals uh, happening in Cairo and they are kind of one after another, one after another, literally like, I think it will, the only breaks, it's only if there are any public celebrations or like, you know, local uh, holidays, uh, otherwise it would be just one, like one day finish, another day starts and many dancers, they come, many belly dancers, they come uh, from all around the world to visit like one sometimes they stay for two or three festivals stretching already typically just come to one and the format of festivals which is happening here for many years an interesting thing it's not really a local thing so local people who live in Cairo they probably 
99.9% have no idea that all oh, those belly dance festivals happening. But it's a very big thing in belly dance world and everyone kind of among belly dancers uh, dreams at least once to go and travel and see festival in Cairo. And now it happens that during summer, like end of June, I mean, it depends on the year. You need to check always every year specific dates, but it's end of June starts till end of July, like one after another, sometimes uh, there are two festivals in the same time happening in Cairo. But the format of festival, typical format of festival, it's usually about a week, maybe six days, maybe eight days, but usually a week. And during daytime you have classes with different teachers and classes will be three hours mostly with like master teachers or Egyptian teachers. And then there will be some invited teachers um, uh, can be also local, not necessarily uh, foreign, but many foreign teachers are get invited to be and teach at these festivals. So those classes sometimes two hours. And then throughout the day, in total, you have up to eight hours of dance classes. And then in the evening, there are shows, there are performances. Uh, sometimes it's a gala shows that it's invited like artists from the city or invited teachers or, or featured teachers of the festival. Uh, and sometimes it's uh, open stages for participants who want to perform. And of course, there is also big uh, importance here happening to dedicated to competition. So people who come to participate as a, uh, participants of the festival, they can also decide to compete. Uh, and for me, like I was excited really to see, I haven't been to Cairo specifically and to festivals in 13 years. Last time I was traveling to Cairo, it was for festival, which is different kind of travel, which I also need to admit and talk. Uh, it's a different kind of travel if you go to Cairo for a festival or you just go to Cairo. In our case, it's kind of a combination because we are for a longer time. So, But that week I experienced like the only difference for me from other participants was that I was not staying at the hotel. We have apartments, so of course I was just traveling every day. But that week is just dedicated to festival. You don't really see much Cairo because... You wake up early, you do the classes, you don't have to do eight hours, like there are different like packages of classes that you can take, but usually it's still intense. Uh, and if it's one of your first festivals, and I remember myself, like you want to take all the classes and you feel like, I'll, I'll make it, I'll make it happen. So you take like the full, like the biggest, let's say, uh, unlimited package, and then you try to go to everything. Then you go to the shows, uh, shows start late. They start around seven, eight, if they are on time, which uh, is not necessarily the case, or most likely it will be delayed, so-called Egyptian time, like that, that it comes from in the dance circles, like the jokes. Uh, but then you either perform or you stay at show. It goes till late, till at midnight to finish, it's early. <laughs> then you usually will stay to chat, to hang around with people. It's this festival environment. Then by 2, 3 a.m. you go to sleep, tired and exhausted. And then at 9.30, maybe 10, if, it's, if organizers are very kind and generous, the classes already start. Sometimes they start even earlier. And it's seven days in a row. So on the second or third day, you're already so exhausted that you almost don't feel anything, but you just keep going. And then at some point you kind of have a second breath, uh, etc. Uh, but it's fun. It's a very interesting experience. And I recommend for all dancers, all ballet dancers, at least once go and at least once in your life, take full package. It's, it's interesting to experience. For me, I'm already like 
in this sense experienced i for a long time stopped for myself taking like full packages because i just know like i would rather take smaller but digest but again i did full packages too it's interesting experience but for me last time that i was in cairo it was for festival it was november 2010 it was before all revolutions before the cairo was slightly different vibe also different scenes in general in dancing too uh but i haven't been 13 years to festival and coming closer to this festival i realized regardless of cairo it somehow happened not on purpose but happened that last time i was at festival at all and i was last time performing on stage was almost four years ago <laughs> which was basically before lockdowns before corona then uh, afterwards we start our tra active travel adventures then the war in ukraine also interrupted all the things and it just happened that nothing coincided that there was dance event to go i was teaching some classes even in, in brazil like mm. in uh, like doing some workshops in person but it never happened to be that i was performing or I was taking classes at festival or event as a student so for me it was double excitement to go back as a student to take all classes and there are many teachers whom I took a lot of classes before whom I knew from like earlier before that because I think I'm in dance 18 years already so <laughs> so there are many teachers whom I took workshops before and I was really excited because I love their style so and all of them Almost, I mean, all, most of them will happen to be during this month in Cairo, take given classes. And also I was excited to go and perform. And one of the festivals already happened, uh, Rux of Course, organized by Randa Kamel. Um, as I say, that week for me is just a non-stop. It's one festival <laughs> event, <laughs> even, uh, even if you're not like full day engaged there, but in, I mean, in classes, but there is always something going on, like uh, either talking to people or getting ready for performance or like checking like costumes or bazaar, which is always um, at the festival. Uh, and festivals typically take place at hotels. So if you're coming as a participant, it's quite convenient for you to be at the hotel. So at least you don't need to spend time and traveling somewhere. You wake up, you go to class, uh, you're done, you go to sleep right away. Um, but yeah, that was my little experience so Yeah, and far. you should mention maybe that also that uh, you sort of touched on it, but it was your first time like performing on stage after a long time, after right? After a long time, yes. Um, that was um, interesting because uh, I was happy actually to perform just as a regular participant, not to be like, you know, announced as a guest performer or teacher, because that puts kind of additional pressure. And for me, it was a double two things at the same time. First of all, it was a long break, but before break, I was an active performer. I did all a lot of like, it's not a new thing, let's say. And even currently I'm a teacher who also teaches. I talk about like uh, presentations and performances, how to get ready, how to be like, you know, uh, deal with performance anxiety. I'm not even talking about like technique aspect or dance, uh, elements uh, themselves but more like emotional things so for me it kind of felt like pressure was like I'm a teacher I'm teaching this I should know better you know like <laughs> that that effect and at the same time realizing and trying to be sort of uh 
I guess kind to myself, like not really, like I don't really like much that vocabulary towards myself than I'm talking, but like trying to be more like objective and realizing, yeah, it's four years of break, it's a lot of n- tension and nervousness, and I was not really obviously nervous, like I was looking okay, but I felt my body like it was tense here and there, so I, I felt like, yeah, I know I have this tension inside. And um, it was for me the task of reprocess it, and I was trying to put uh, as little expectations as possible. Because I, I remember in my previous experience, there was a period of life that uh, I was doing festivals, but it was not as often as I wanted. So I was putting a lot of expectations on every single performance, and then you get nervous and tense, and then you don't really show your best. And here I was like, my only goal right now actually two goals I had, like to actually step on stage, you know, like not to uh, um, get out of uh, of performance list last minute, like for whatever reason, like, no, I want to be back on stage. And to second goal, to experience joy myself. Um, I can discuss like from professional point of view how good or not it is like of course you need to always care about your audience you want to showcase the best but for me as a first performance after break I was like I just want to do that uh, and as long as I do I am happy and <laughs> I remember I was backstage already in the costume mm-hmm. getting ready and I had like to do this like uh, Sometimes meditation, but it kind of mixes, you go into meditation state and then you go into pep talk, like self-pep talk, like, yeah, I'm on stage, I'm on stage. And I was literally like standing there and shouting, like to get my anxiety transformed into excitement. Like, so it doesn't help, um, because when, it's very typical, when you get under the pressure of performance anxiety for dancers, you start losing balance, you start losing the sensations in your body, you don't feel uh, solid on the floor, uh, your muscles kind of get soft. I'm not even talking about facial expression that it kind of gets freeze, uh, like you just go into a smile and you can't move your muscles. Like, like so, getting like letting performance anxiety overtake it always will make it worse the performance itself. But it's very difficult also to deal with performance anxiety. And no matter how many years or consistently or not consistently, you always will have nervousness on stage. It's even even sad among professionals. Like if you stopped worrying, you stopped caring, care about it, that's bad. That's signal bad. But professionals they will know how to transform this nervousness into like something like that they will help them. So I remember like being there and like like I'm in stage and literally shouting good the actual performances and music was loud, nobody heard me, but it was for me. It was not for anyone to see. So I felt like yeah I'm ready to go on stage. Yes, yeah I'm in a good state. Like I feel it. And then the organizers MC comes like I think they will announce actual break now. <laughs> and that's like the, 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 for emotional, you know, the roller coaster, it's one of the worst uh, uh, traps because you can kind of like relax, but you don't relax and then you need to get back into that state. And it was like uh, interesting experience. But um, at the end, 
I was very happy with my performance. Like I was watching videos like, okay, I know it's not perfect. I know that I did that I did. So I had a moment of debating like, do I really want to put that video online for anyone to see the full video? But then I was like, no, I'll do it. So it is online already. Uh, but uh, emotionally, like I felt what I wanted to feel and I'm happy with that. For me, it's kind of like the beginning of coming back on stage and there is only that much, even for me as a teacher, as a dancer with experience, like I can talk a lot and of course there are some expectations, but there is only so much I can ask for myself sometimes. And it's not being like, you know, uh, too nice or lowering standards. It's more trying to avoid the trap of putting too high standards, being bumped down, depressed, not happy, and not coming back again. So that's kind of I, I approach it. Yeah, it's uh, well, it's a lot of stuff for people to, <laughs> to process. Uh, it's uh, yeah, you ask Yana to talk about dance. That's that's what's that's what's up. It so has been she's a while. So shy, she's so shy and doesn't talk much. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> it has been a while since I would take our artist date in the dance field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but it's. Uh, I think one of the, the lessons that is interesting, like, uh, well, one thing that I think it's related to every kind of uh, art uh, form, that is, uh, it's one thing when you are performing for uh, an audience of dancers oh, and yes. of very, either, let's say, if, even if they're not necessarily themselves, like the students, the people that are watching the show, they're not necessarily like, the best in the world, the people that are considered the best in the world are in the audience, that too. Like, so even uh, like, fair or not, it's as if you are, I don't know, like you're a tennis player and you are, the people watching you are all tennis players too. So they will pay attention to different things. And so it's like for musicians is exactly the same. Um, so you're performing to an audience of, of dancers, right? Also, it's, uh, so just for context for people that maybe are not in the, in the dance world, it's sort of like, there are legends in every field, right? There are like the people that are considered the top or at least the goal setters or like the, the people that are reference in the areas. And when you come to these festivals here in, uh, in Cairo, they are the reference festivals, even if they're not the biggest ones, they are the ones that, let's say, were the so considered at least the source of, uh, of dance comes from the Middle East, comes from, from Egypt. So at least, like, true or not, it, it has that aura. Center right? of attention. Yeah, yeah, it's the center yeah. of attention. So performing in these places also has, uh, like, an element to it. You should mention also, like, unlike other festivals, most festivals, like, in the world, uh, here you perform to a live band. Yes, that's true. And in my case, I also didn't have any rehearsal because sometimes if you invited like teacher or guest performer, you may have like one run. It's like rehearsal, it's just one run. But in many cases, because everyone will be performing to live band, there's like maybe only a couple of CD recordings opening the shows like um, throughout the whole festival. But 99% it's performance, full band. Yeah. full band, 15 people, live orchestra, really good musicians, uh, Egyptian musicians. So you choose the song, you choose the, some famous song uh, that uh, um, they probably will know and you 
no uh, sometimes they send you the list of songs you can choose sometimes you just need to send like oh can you play for me this song um but it's not like let's say in western culture then the song like if you reference i don't know who i don't know madonna some song like you go to the cd recording and then you you hear it in arabic music there is some song and there is some sort of structure but every band will play it differently every cd you get it will have different arrangement and sometimes they are very different the same song can be arrangement for three minutes or it can be for 10 minute arrangement or the original song maybe 40 minutes long so you never really know how they will play it which parts they will play which parts they may skip how many times they will repeat each part and most importantly you know don't know how exactly they will play each part is it going to be highlighted kanun or i don't know violin or drumming accents will be or ta 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 da and all that influences your uh, performance because your movements need to match the song and in Cairo like specifically with drumming uh, it's it's a combination this is something you will talk I think mm -hmm. a little bit more about you also had interesting experience this week this uh, what Couple 10 weeks. days yeah. of what we in Cairo back but um, the drummer here he will be watching you he will be following you like accent so it's a different set of communication but you still as a dancer either need to take initiative or make sure he's looking at you or know the song because sometimes there will be accents that are in the song so he will be playing them regardless if you are dancing them or not and sometimes he still will be like if you're not giving him much material he will be adding some his own ornamentation and sometimes in rare cases he'll just play in for a few seconds or something like not really watching you so it's all together it's all the spectrum all the drum is very attentive here it's still it's a lot of unpredictability on stage and if you don't have rehearsal and sometimes even if you have rehearsal with a band there is no guarantee that they will play exactly what you heard in the rehearsal for your show so you of course get ready and listen to the song listen to different recordings listen to different try to find on youtube different bands playing this song to get familiar like these different unexpected situations you can create little like combinations little like drafts of here i will do something like that and something like that but it's a lot of thinking on spot and hopefully not much thinking but dancing naturally but that's um yeah it's a different layer and uh for me it kind of layered on top one on top of another after a break already in Cairo already for this festival already for dance audience um, and with a live band yeah and, uh, we should also mention I think that's one of the main differences also from other festivals because we've been in as Jana mentioned to a bunch of festivals before either me playing or just her performing uh, it's usually to CD if it is a band it's let's say it's not your main job like, so it's, uh, uh, like, in other places. In most countries, yeah. In most countries. Like, I actually haven't seen, unless they bring a band from Egypt, right? So, um, but here you have musicians that basically that's what they do all day. And when I say all day, it's literally all day. They perform every single night or they have uh, shows with the local dancers. And uh, we should mention that's kind of an interesting thing, too, that there there is also... Um, we'll get into my part of drumming, but uh, just this is interesting, like relationship between dance and and and, um, 
in the, and musicians, is that here in Cairo, when you have the big uh, name dancers that perform regularly, they have their own band, so to speak. Yeah. So on the festivals, it was interesting to come and see, okay, this person is going to perform, all the musicians go out, now you get new musicians, and she basically brings her own band to play for her or him. And they get this, uh, and of course, for them, it's very well rehearsed, in the sense that, uh, well, the dancer is paying the musicians, and they already have that chemistry, at least, and they perform that same song a hundred times. So, um, and uh, one thing that you mentioned, we were going to talk a, a little bit about that, but it's like the drummer, that is like the darbuka player, the tabla player, that's the instrument that I play, um, he's like the heartbeat of the, the song, the music, and he's like the maestro, so he sets the tempo and he catches the accents of of the dancer. So there will be, of course, a big difference between, okay, is, you are the first time performing as a dancer, like in a festival, that is coming here for the first time, you've never seen these guys before, and then suddenly you, they have to look at you, and also you are the 1400th person that they are playing to. So that's why sometimes there are like certain mistakes or certain things happen, so there are changes in the music. Also for them, it's very common for them to come up with stuff on the spot. Yeah, but it's also like, just to clarify, like what you were talking about, it's not like the dancer who comes to perform with her band, every, every let's say, song or dance you see band changes uh, to another band. No, like we are talking about local dancers or dancers who work in Cairo, who have here their bands that they go and perform daily at different venues, and then they're invited to go to festival. Uh, they do the whole set, so it's not like one song and then the band changes to another band. Like mm -hmm. they do the whole show uh, with costume changes, so it's like about thirty to forty minutes set with uh, I don't know how many it can be from three to seven songs in total. Will be two or three costume changes, yeah. and uh, that's one thing. And then during the evening of let's say opening gala show at the festival, you may see two or three dancers like that. What we were also previously talking, it's about participants who come to festival, uh, usually foreign dancers, uh, and they, of course, they they uh, dance with a band which is there at the festival, like the main uh, band of the festival. Uh, that's slightly different communication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of course. And um, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And the other thing that is interesting when you see, like, at least from the like being the audience point of view, uh, is uh, the dancers that have. Um, let's say, that are like the teachers or the people that are part of the, let's say, team of the, like they're already used to performing with that band, it will have a different, um, a different, uh, like, chemistry interaction and all that. And also, one thing that I noticed, it was kind of interesting to see, uh, maybe we can get into that, like, from a like more musician point of view, but let's say that the dancer was expecting something from, it's like, it's the difference between trying to prove yourself, I'm worthy of being here, yeah. and um, let me show you what I got. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. And it's not even about the skill, because there are certain things that will be, I call the Joy Satriani effect. Joy Satriani is a somewhat famous uh, guitar player, mm. and he's like virtuoso on the guitar, mm. right? And you possibly never heard of this guy, because for most people, it's boring. Sorry for Joyce Satriani fans. But it's like, it's very, let's say, 
nuanced and difficult and double techniques and all that stuff, but it's, it's music that is made for um, guitar players most of the time or people they're like I'm not doing I'm not putting down the, the the guy at all it's just for you to know the difference between like the people that like music that is made for people to enjoy and then music that tries to be more or at least tends to be more appreciated by musicians but that exists in every industry yes of yeah. course but that's my point I'm just making a for people that are not necessarily dancers so that they can have a way in it's like mm -hmm. oh why do they so even for me that are I am in the belly dance world, seeing like hundreds and hundreds of uh, dancers. Uh, even I am like, I don't get why this dancer is so like super uh, like, I mean, I'm sure there is a reason. It's not that the person has like the, the like the posture Persona. and the perso like, personality on stage, but they are not, um, to my taste, they're not the best. Mm -hmm. But then you were talking about uh, this, you went to do the workshop with those dancers and then the amount of technique and different things and very challenging things was very, uh, very obvious. Like, oh, wow, it looks like the person's doing like a simple thing, but no, it's actually very like uh, nuanced. Yeah, even for me, like as a dancer, there are some dancers whom I look at performances, like I'm not really impressed. To me, it's like, okay, it's nice, but like the whole like show or evening like i would not maybe watch or come back to watch but when you go to workshop and then you see the nuances it's like the 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 hair goes up like how how is it possible to move muscles in this way and that's cool that's interesting but it's the same way like in drumming you remember from your trip to istanbul you show me like some um, drumming masters and you're so like uh, amazed with them and to me it's like okay yeah and i guess that's a good point then to like then i'll share a little bit of my experience during the festival and the things around festival so um so for this first festival that we went to i was more like just like audience member for the few times that i went there i was just looking at the shows and um one thing i noticed uh, this is more from a like more personal point of view but uh, one thing i noticed when we watched a couple shows before um, that were not dance related, it was just drummers. And then I was looking like, for example, as you mentioned with the Turkish drummers, they, they have a different technique, so different kind of music, it's, it's related but different. Uh, and they do not have that party style and they do not play for dancers usually, so it's a different feel. It's like you can have, let's say, classical guitar, you can have flamenco guitar and you can have folk music. Mm -hmm. They're all the same instrument, but they're played in different genres. Same thing with the drum. And I was learning for a long time the technique, the Turkish technique of playing, and I was focusing a lot on that. Uh, and of course, trying to apply that to, to, to dancers too, but um, I was focusing more on that. And the Arabic way of playing, that is specifically the Egyptian way of playing, which is different than the Lebanese, which is mainly the one that I was learning before, um, it's uh, very interesting. And, but what I noticed from the beginning was, because we always think like that, ah, these pe this people that are like super good, they're going to be at a certain level. Sometimes they are really different than you. And then my impression was, I looked, was like, huh, this guy's not doing anything that I can't do. And I even mentioned that to you. Uh, and there is a lot about like self-confidence and uh, all those things. But to me, it was more like, Okay, but they're actually doing things that I don't do, but it's not because of lack of technique. It was lack of, um, it's as if, okay, you know how to play the music, but you don't know the music. You don't know the repertoire. Yeah, vocabulary. You don't know vocabulary, you don't know the details and certain other things. It's like, huh, interesting, Point, good note. 
And then when I was looking in this one festival at the drummer, he was awesome. He was really cool. Um, but it's like, huh, he actually, like, there's nothing technique-wise that he can do that I can't. Like, uh, there will be, of course, like, um, uh, let's say the self-expression, that's a different uh, thing. But technique-wise, I was like, okay, I can do all these things. Like, so that was very encouraging. At the same time, I thought, okay, that it's an interesting subject for us to talk, which was our, our there was this legend Let's say to me it was a legend, <laughs> yeah, a legend that the drummer would follow the dancer. So there are basically three kinds of, um, let's say, performance, like three kinds of drummers or three kinds of drumming, I would say. One is for music, for like classical music and, and all that stuff. There's another one that is for singers. So you follow the singer, you complement the singer and the other is for dancers. And I assume drumming for the sake of drumming. Uh, not in bands. Not it's not a thing here. Like um, ah, here specifically. Here I'm talking yeah. about Egypt. Yeah. Um, so they have those three, and the, not necessarily the best. The guy that will the drummer that will be very good for singers will not necessarily be good for um, like classical music or not necessarily good for uh, like for dancers. It's a specific skill. And I remember many dancers saying that the drummers here, they follow the dancer, right? It's like, oh, because she hired and then, yeah, she's laughing at me already. Uh, if you're just listening on the, on the audio platforms. And the, but they were saying that uh, they follow the dancer. Uh, so if the dancer is going to do some sort of accents, uh, he's going to catch that accent in his drumming. And it's like, huh, interesting. Let's see. I don't know. And then we were watching the, the performances. And I'm like, this is all rehearsed. And I was very disappointed. Because um, I was like, it's certainly rehearsed. First of all, it, the, the person, like the dancer, would have already performed many times that same song. So I was like, and it was so precise. And it was so like, what the dancer is going to do is like, it's not random. But it could be, let's say, tak 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 or rat tak 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 tak. They're different things, and you have to plan ahead of time to do that movement. And then we had this conversation. It's like, no, no, they are actually like following the dancer. Maybe she will do something different. It's like, well, take a look. The dancer, one of them. That's one of the other things that I was talking before about the, the confidence of like, let me show you something or let me prove myself. Is that they are actually not trying to prove themselves. I mean, of course they are in, in a way. Otherwise, why would you show up? But um, they are there performing. Yeah. And then the drummer did not catch her accent, for example. She looks in the like, I, 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 like you did a mistake. Like they have that playful, like way of. Um, Careful, of, your salary uh, depends yeah, on me. Yeah, your salary <laughs> depends on you pleasing me. And, um, and then I said, like, oh, Basically, he was one bar before uh, doing us, and it was like tra, tra, like two accents that repeated themselves afterwards. And then I thought, okay, this is proof that it's rehearsed. The guy just just went a little bit earlier. Obviously, it's rehearsed. So in the end, I discovered that it is actually a combination of both things. Uh, that they will, and I discovered that because. Uh, so I decided to for this new festival that is the one that is about. To, to start, that is from a very cool drummer, a musician, he's actually a singer, he's actually, oh damn it, he's a dancer, Mohamed and Shaheen. And music producer. So. And music producer and everything. So uh, he, um, Mohamed Shaheen, he has one festival that is coming up and that's the one that uh, 
um, we've been meaning to talk to him and he produces CDs, so he actually makes music that is for dancers. And I remember hearing his music, it's like, oh, this is really cool, very intricate drumming, but cool things that are for dancers. So I, he says, oh, cool, so I'll introduce you to my drummer and you can have classes with him. So then I went to have a couple classes with, uh, with him um, at his house. And then it was fascinating, like to like all these other people, musicians and people coming in and out. And the guy's very warm, very nice and incredible talent. And he drums all the time. He's considered one of the best drummers here by everybody in, uh, in Cairo. So it was very cool to, to meet him and to like... Go ahead. But before we dive into completely music topic, let's just finish about this music, uh, drama and dance communication, because I remember this during the evening, like this little conversation, you, you were like, it's rehearsed. I was like, I don't think so. Like, I mean, it's rehearsed in terms of like, the song. They already know really precisely. And there are definitely some parts for every dancer, regardless is it for dance festival. I mean, by local dancers, Egyptian dancers, so who works in Egypt either for dance festival or they perform at club or a wedding, there will be some part which is kind of rehearsed. Like, for instance, Mejan Sea song, which is an entrance song. It can be like as a business card of dancing. So she may do a little choreography or structured choreography, or sort of like, oh, I want this or this. Or maybe some specific transitions, like between one song to another, or in the middle of song, like, oh, put me this little drumming. That can be literally, like, let's say, rehearsed, arranged, like, I need the sound. Not necessarily that she will do choreography. She still will be improvised, but she needs to make sure that he will play this little transition specifically like that, because it's a lot of drumming accents. But... One of the topics of conversation where we had debate was that for the rest of the show, because for me, I was like, it's impossible for everything to be choreographed because I know how many, how all, how much these dancers perform. They perform all the time and they perform differently. Otherwise, they would be caught on social media videos doing in one venue the same dance as they do in another venue. No, they do improvisation and there is interaction between drama and dance. And one of the points that you were, we were discussing, you were like, oh, but see, she or he starts the movement before the drumming goes so it's rehearsed because in regular let's say world like you're kind of if you dance into cd and you start doing movement before music starts it means you're just rushing but you know what's coming up you know the movement the sound that's coming up and for me i was sitting there like no i actually think it's a little preparation to indicate the drama, here will be accents. And then it was also very interesting to see at the classes, because at the workshops of festivals, sometimes drummer will come to accompany a teacher. So we will be learning a choreography to a song, to recorded music, but the teacher will add extra accents because he has drama, and he shows this little movements on spot. So the drummer sees it for the first time, and while he sees it, he tries to mark already and add. Okay, they will be not complicated, like, you know, it will be more like doom, tag, trrr, market. But I, it was interesting to see the process of like, no, he actually looks and catches on spot. So when you see any shows like with Egyptian dancers or dancers who work, work, actually work in Egypt with their own live bands, yes, it will be a combination. Like some parts will be arranged and discussed, but there will be a lot of parts that it's improvisation both from dancer and from drama, and it's different than outside of Egypt that usually dancer needs to guess what drama is about to play. Here, 
Drama will be very much attuned and it will be his job to make a dancer look good on stage. Yeah. And it kind of switches the roles. Like, no, he now follows and he needs to check, uh, to predict and guess what dance is about to do. <laughs> yeah, and also this is like, um, like we're continuing this vein of like dance music uh, like relationship because uh, so Jana saw this uh, f workshops, which I was not a part of. Uh, but she said, no, they are actually doing this one on the show, right? And then I was like, okay, but these are not drum solos. And then this is, um, yeah. this is uh, like, uh, I know it looks like we're in the weeds of things, but it's, it's actually very interesting. Uh, so let's say there is like songs and then you have, um, let's say the drumming is very important in Arabic music in the sense that there is a lot of rhythm switches. It's not like in Western music. Uh, most pop music here, it really changes and it enunciates things. It actually phrases on top. It's not just the rhythmic part on the, on the background. And there is another thing that is part of the Arabic music, let's say, milieu, that is drum solos, which means at some point all the uh, melody instruments, they'll stop during the song and then you'll have focusing on the background drumming holding a beat and then the main drummer doing accents and uh, basically showcasing technique and the dancer can do like isolations and things. Usually very playful, very fun. But here in Egypt, it's just a little part of, at least so far that I've seen, it's a little part of the show and then you go back to the song. So then I, what I realized was like, okay, I can understand that you can catch dancers' accents on a song but because of the structure of drum solos that you have to repeat four times the same uh, phrase, um, usually, right, unless a recording, sometimes just two, but on drum solo improvisations, you have four times that, that same phrase so that the dancer can actually catch. And I was thinking it's impossible that he's seeing from her back because he literally cannot see her. She's literally in front of him and she's moving her chest. Tack, tack. And she's doing tack, tack, tarata. Like, so she's doing that kind of uh, stuff or she's going and she catches everything correctly. So if no one is ahead of each other on the drum solo, I'm sure it is their drum solo that is recorded. That is, uh, that is, um, arranged. Uh, yeah, that is rehearsed. And I think that still think that's the case just because I can't see her. But sometimes um, you don't need to see the specific movement to understand the kind of access to so, get there. Uh, that's that's the, so that's my next uh, layer, okay. my next point on it. I'm not arguing against what we already. I'm already lost this conversation. <laughs> I already lost it. Uh, which is, I went to see. I had so I had this class with uh, this like very good drummer here, like one of the top ones in Cairo. And uh, there was a little bit of a language barrier because he didn't speak much of English and I didn't speak much of Arabic. But we found a way. And then there was a singer there that gave a lot of uh, very cool tips for me. Uh, too, and he was like helping translate and other of his students, other drummers, um, and uh, they basically they explained that, and he was one guy that he can actually sing, he can actually dance, he can actually drum, but he's focused on drumming, but he has that, and it, what they were talking about is like, they have this music on their brain yeah. since they are like kids, and they're always listening to new songs or to other arrangements and playing. So what I think happened, and that's what's interesting, because I was thinking, okay, let's assume that this is an actual skill, that you can look at the dancer and predict what you're going to do and really come up with at least the flavor of drumming. It's like, that's a new skill. 
that I do not have. I never trained, I don't know, I have no idea. Like, I remember, like, if I play for a dancer many times, or playing at competitions, or playing for you, or playing for other dancers, you sort of, like, catch certain things that the dancer is used to doing, or she wants to, mm -hmm. and you see what she wants. So, I, I can understand that level, right? But then I thought, okay, this is cool, like, let's be open to a new, like, um, and then that actually opened up when I went to this, uh, like, Mohammed Shaheen, this dancer that organized the festival here, he said, oh, no, sure, you can come to the rehearsal of the band and it really reminded me the the my time in uh, in toronto with the arabic band that i used to play there because they do exactly the same way like the the rehearsal uh they like they already know the music but then they go and they listen to the recording and they try to play along and then if they if it makes uh, if they make a mistake they stop they listen to again they have a lot of discussions a lot of impromptu stops to go uh have a cigarette um and so it was very cool to be in that world again. And uh, for me, it was like listening to music for the first time. So it was very difficult, very different. But at the same time, I was so used to playing for Arabic music and seeing the cues of the drummer as a backup drummer that it was very easy to catch. Um, so that was interesting. And then see what he was doing. And what, what was really cool to see was like two of the main, uh, let's say, legend dancers that live here they came to the rehearsal at some point because then it was for their songs uh, and the attention they had when they were listening to the song before they went up to dance they were sitting and really listening yeah. like it was incredible to see the level of uh, love and attention to, I even told this to, to Mohammed Messenger, dude, it's the cool, to me the coolest, it's very cool to see musicians and interaction, very cool. But you guys, him and the other dancer that was there, uh, the care that they had, that everything went nicely for them. That's why coming back to that idea that I said, it's the difference between trying to prove yourself and I have something to say. Mm -hmm. Of course it's earned and everybody's trying to prove themselves and everybody's trying to tell something, but that was really cool to see. And then there was at some point also, the rehearsal started at eight or nine, I was supposed to be at six, and it went until 4 a.m. So here they have this nightlife, another element of... Uh... Well, now it destroyed your other, uh, that you thought it's a legend to me that, yeah, it can happen that at 8.30 a.m. there will be a dance show, the last one somewhere, yeah. like a music show, because it's a nightlife. When you said, oh, the drummers play all day long here, I wanted to say, like, no, I would rather say long. all night long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's um, unhealthy, but uh, it's how they live here. Like, at 2 a.m. you can go buy shoes with your kids. It's sort of like, because of the heat, I assume, and culturally, they start their day really late, and they really go super late, too. So, uh, but anyway, like, rehearsal to 4 a.m. And I remember at 2.30, there was like a revolving door of musicians and dancers coming in. And uh, at some point, one local uh, dancer, she started doing her song, and she brought a specific singer to sing for that specific song. Uh, and the drummer was learning on the fly. Maybe he knew the song already, I think he did, but... Uh, and she was presenting to him what she was doing in terms of choreography, and he was playing. Sometimes he would like make it in a certain way, and she goes, mm-mm, like, uh, then goes, oh, okay, this way, mm-hmm, yeah. And then you could see the joy that she had when he was catching all the accents that, uh, that she was uh, getting. So, 
to me, the interesting thing was to see how these guys that it could be, and I mentioned this because it's something like artist date. So you have this idea of uh, talking about creative life that it could be very, let's say, discouraged by, well, no, there is all this to learn. I'm so far away from this. Like that kind of a thinking or like something that was invisible suddenly visible something suddenly exists and it's a new thing it's like oh wow you have all these other things that you can uh, that you can start like working on and uh, that was really cool looking forward (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and another thing that's kind of uh, cool too that is interesting um uh it does not happen with the other musicians it happens specifically with drummers and dancers like that relationship is that the dancer let's say she has her band so she's going to boss around the drummer a lot like uh like uh, oh you did this you did wrong uh, like it's sort of like the drummer is at the service of the dancer and not like in my job whenever i was doing drum solos or doing like playing for dancers usually in the context of drum solos like competitions the dancers are so nervous to oh i will try to catch all your accents like it was the other way around that the drummer is sort of like it's almost as if the dancer the drummer the dancer is there to follow the the drummer right Uh, even it's taught that way Mm -hmm. too like oh you have to catch he's going to like hopefully he'll try to take care of you on stage and not make things that are like obviously difficult obviously, for you but yeah, uh, yeah or, uh, i even have this joke that like i remember uh, i can't remember who was drumming but like at some point the dancer goes and she the whole thing she goes to the floor right so then usually uh, when she's doing like things on the floor it has to be more like very rhythmic or very maybe a couple accents but very let's say groovy like or very grounded hair yeah. like specific uh, rhythm for that uh and then I remember the drummer just decided to go super upbeat uh, rhythm that suddenly like it asks for you to be already up and jumping. So it's like, okay, I have to get up and it doesn't make sense to bring the dancer up, right? So I remember like, and even there's jokes of, uh, if you're watching the video, you can look at me. It's like, instead of looking at the dancer, the drummer looks to the side and goes, and he's in his own world, right? The funny thing is recently, last month, we shared a couple of drum solos that you were doing, just like little recordings at home or somewhere around we were doing. And I remember the main, one of the comments was like, someone like, why does he look at the dancer all the time? And I wanted to reply, because he's professional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, and, uh, but anyway, that was my experience with uh, drumming that, and also like in the drum solo part, which in, uh, I, I'm not saying this in, uh, from a knowledge point of view, from a guess point of view, is that drum solo started here and then they got developed a lot in other places around, or at least in more, let's say for Western dancers, I don't know. Well, no, there's a lot of uh, Arabic drummers that have a drum solo CDs even, like, but um, I don't know historically how it goes. I know that, um, there is not much of an emphasis on the drum solo part of it. Yeah. So, go ahead. From what I know, um, there are two things I want to say here. First, there is like kind of jo- joke circulating, but half joke, half not. Like then all Egyptian teachers, like dancers say like, I, I have this full orchestra, 15 people, 
everyone I'm paying from my own pocket to do the show, why would I stop everyone working and just make one or two people like doing drum solo and work for me? Like I want everyone to work and uh, work money that they get, uh, work it back. So this is one from practical point of view, like why would you stop the whole band to do just like drum solo for whatever. But second thing, it's also for Egyptians, what for audience in general and their mentality, because for them dancing, they pay attention to technique and they understand. But most of all, it's about emotions. It's about songs. It's about stories, how you interpret this or that song, not even the melody, how you interpret the meaning of the song. And drum solos, they don't have lyrics. They don't have meanings. They are not traditional that everyone will know Uncle Sum song here. Nobody will know like specific drum solo here. I'm talking about audience, regular like Egyptian people for whom historically like dancers and even now not historically like perform a lot here in Cairo because they're not performing for tourists. Tourists is like sometimes and like foreigners to festivals, but they have job all year long and very active one and it's local. So it is now it's more into the pop like uh, this modern hits but historically it was a classical songs and the meaning of song is very important so drum solo even when ballet dancers many ballet dancers think oh drum solo doesn't have emotions i don't agree on that i think you can get a lot of emotions but it's different emotions than if you take the classical song with a history that people know yeah. it, that people learn from the um, beginning so from what i know drum solos never really have been actually part of Egyptian show here in Cairo. Maybe a little transition, like, mm -hmm. I don't know, for like 20 second little transition between one song or another, or in the middle somewhere, what's called Arbus, like, yeah. you know, extended Arbus. Sure, that yes. But the drum solos as a separate genre became, I'm not saying they became invented, but they became very popular more among foreign ballet dancers because they... For them, it's more difficult to dance to classical song because they don't speak the language. Yeah. They don't have cultural reference. Okay, they will see translation, but it's still different. They're not related like this. All these layers, like what you were referring, the dancers would sit and listen to the music because he's checking all the layers. And for foreign dancers, many of those layers, for a long time, they become uh, invisible, but like... They can't hear them, so it takes a while. So they don't have this in-depth understanding of the music that they're dancing. But drum solos, it's easy to hear what's going on, so it's easy to interpret. You don't really have much of like emotional expression. Like it can be easy. You can just make a happy flirtish, like you know, cute dance. It works. You can go more beyond because I don't agree that drum solos only stops there. But good. <laughs> yeah, but you can. It's easier in terms of emotional expression that you can make just it happy and, and cute and flirtish. It works. It works nicely. And they can showcase all their new skills of isolations and shimmies. And when you come as a beginner to a ballet dance class, like you're excited about learning those basic skills. And drum solos give a lot of opportunities to showcase as this. So even among ballet dancers, there is a myth that oh, drum solos is about isolations. It's not about emotions. Which again, it's a myth. Like I don't agree with yeah, that, but you it's just very. Have to listen to one drum solo, and you know that it's not the case. No, sometimes it's presented more like aerobics of isolations. It 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 exists these things, but I'm just saying, especially for Egyptian audience here, it's 
way further. Now I feel it becomes more and more popular because from like yeah, foreign influence this. and it's also this modern vibe and it kind of goes like, okay, something fun, exciting, etc. Yeah. So my, it becomes more and more popular. My point with this is not to get into like much about like uh, the weeds of uh, like specifically like it's as if it's like a class about this kind of stuff, but it's not. Like my point is more like the levels of uh, influence depending on what people want. For example, um, just to get step a little bit out of uh, uh, drumming, dancing, but still in Arabic music, for example, there are certain songs from uh, Feiruz, who's a famous uh, Arabic singer. She, I think she's Lebanese, actually, right? She's not, uh, she's not Egyptian. But anyway, uh, she introduced in her songs uh, congas. And mm -hmm. congas are like south central american the way that they like it was from a, like the 60s this and she introduced it back so then if you think about it like for me as a drummer like from you have african music then it was let's say exported to the americas it was made its own in the americas and then travels back to to egypt to the point that uh, people say that that's Fairu's song is actually a cla classical in the sense of like her arrangement of this, they consider classic. And then I was thinking, no, dude, this is was considered probably considered a fusion or, or probably considered like foreign influence. Back on then it the, was existing like the dynamics. Yeah. So it was very interesting to see like something that to me was so much a part of uh, let's say the world of belly dance, um, capital B, let's say, that it was like the drummer has a certain um, place on it. And at the best, like either you are challenging the dancer or you're challenging each other. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, the drummer is more at the surface of the dancer and catching what she's doing. It's a very different vibe. So anyway, it was very cool to see, uh, like sort of like, I guess, summing up this uh, whole thing is like, uh, I had so much more to learn about uh, like my passion for drumming and uh, skills. It was very cool to see, to acknowledge, okay, you got to a certain level. Uh, you also had so much experience, like so much like, you came every day like, uh, ah, this guy does this thing and does that thing, like very cool technique and this and that, like um, opening eyes to new possibilities. And the other thing that I think both of us, like you, throughout this time, this four years that, let's say, you didn't perform on stage, you were very active as a dancer and as a dance teacher and also as a dance student because you had a bunch of tech classes with a bunch of, uh, of, uh, of dancers. Maybe not as much as you wanted, but you had. Yeah, it was, I was like, very active online uh, learning, but it's yes. still very different than yeah, physical that, going to festival. <laughs> that was my point about this, is that uh, when you are in the presence of people that are really... Presence, I mean physical, like next to the person. To the person that um, is really good at what you do, they take it seriously and they have their, let's say, their life, their passion, all that stuff. It opens up mm -hmm. so much. Like, and it's not even about mentors or anything like that. It's more about being around those people. Like, um, and how when you see whatever else is possible, it brings your game up, if you are willing to to be humble enough to to say okay I have to learn but not go mea culpa oh my god I should know this it's like no okay cool I'm learning this it just brings you like more which is why I think like our we didn't talk much about the experience in Cairo in general but like if you come back to a couple episodes back that we're basically bitching about being scammed um, 
all the time. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah, like here in this other place we are that is not very uh, like very touristy. Uh, it will have its own um, characteristics, yeah. let's say, but different vibe, different people, uh, and us now having like the experience with uh, musicians, dancers, like this world that is part of our like creative world. Um, very uh, different layer in, uh, in, the, in life here. And I think that applies to any uh, travel, as we were talking. If you are embedded in a quest, like uh, this idea of, uh, like that idea from competition that comes from seeking together. Mm. That's what the word means. Mm -hmm. We're seeking together. Um, uh, not collaborative. But we're both seeking, mm -hmm. like so. I think this idea that we are like, uh, and then, for example, the 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 people that I met that were at least so far that were like the musicians, they were super open to giving their like knowledge and uh, information, even when it was not a monetary exchange. It was like, oh, you're interested in this. Let me. You have mm -hmm. the same love I have. Let's you're seeking, so let me give it to you. That was really cool to see. And I think that's one of the original reasons for travel, mm -hmm. which was to learn. You had to go there to, to see. And I think sometimes we think that, oh, I can learn this online. Yes, you can. And yes, there is a whole revolution of things that you can learn online that you could not before. Uh, but going to the source of your quests is a... I'm every day reminded that I would not have had the insights I had in terms of drumming, I think, uh, without coming to see, exactly. Even if there are videos online of what dancers are doing and drummers are doing, going to see, it was a different... Maybe I'm too slow and I need it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it depends individual, like on each person. Like I'm a huge fan of online classes and I take them all the time for myself. Like and I'm not even talking about teaching. Uh, but uh, as a training, like recorded courses, I like them that you can take it on your own tempo. But it's a different experience and vibe to be also surrounded by dancers. Uh, like I miss this festival atmosphere. Uh, because we originally thought that uh, this first, like, real actual festival participation was will be in Brazil, in Sao Paulo. Right. But then I had my teeth operation, so it didn't happen. I just went to see the concert. And then it was already, like, Cairo, like, um, festivals and events. But uh, festivals is also different because for me, like, um, during festivals... And I want to express it very clearly here because it's a nuanced one. It's not like exact one. But during festivals, you don't really learn much. You get inspired a lot and you get a lot of content. Ah, but okay. You mean you don't embody, you don't, yes. don't process. You don't you learn. To, like, yeah. let's say during online classes, you go and like drill and practice on your own or, or even in your regular studio, like on like week to week or day to day classes. During festivals, you get this massive amount of information that you try to observe. Okay, some ideas they will stay, but if you don't work afterwards on all this stuff, it yeah. will be gone. And that's the mistake I used to do. Now I don't want to do it. Like I'm putting myself in a little tricky position because it will be several festivals in a row. So I will have a lot of content accumulated and it's difficult not to forget the little nuances because, okay, you do video recording, but still like 
it will show only this much. You really need to try to remember because some classes were like literally about every single step there was something. Mm -hmm. And on the video it just looks, oh, it's a typical step. But no, there was something there and sometimes video will show, sometimes not. So um, I'm excited right now to get this like, you know, portion of inspiration in terms of like, oh my God, there's so much more because um, I also feel like I kind of for a long time was in my bubble, which was big enough and nice enough, but I kind of aim for more vocabulary, more ideas, more like dense interpretations, and that's what I'm getting now. But I'm also very excited that after festivals in August, we basically will be staying in one place, there will be a spot to practice, and I was like, I need to digest all of that, otherwise it will be pointless. Because yeah. I can, sometimes dancers go to festivals for networking, for showcasing, yeah, yeah. For me, it's more like I want to be back and I want to learn also a lot of emotions, so a lot of um, new mm. material. So for me, it's like I'm also looking about this as extended, which will be on my own or maybe even doing some online classes with coaches, you know, because when you see some person, like even you work on someone else's material, yeah, yeah. it's still different. So. Uh, for me, it's always like the best, what I say, it's a combination, like yeah. start with one thing, but if you want to grow and especially if you're considered dance or music or anything like as a profession, you need to expand, you need to start doing all the possibilities of what the learning world and environment offers yeah. you. And finally, I think it would be interesting to also to, to notice, to note that uh, different ways of like it applies to, to online learning too, different ways of learning. That I think it's so interesting. Like uh, you had one class with a like legendary local dancer, right? The Gawazi dancer. That you, she didn't speak English at all, oh, yeah. and the way she taught was basically dancing, right? And one thing that uh, we noticed, we did, we saw this in a couple ways here already. That is very interesting. And I think we in the West should um, take note of mm -hmm. this way of learning. Uh, we saw this. Uh, band from Suez that um, it was very cool to see like one of those local you had to learn Arabic to know where the thing is going to go and luckily we were invited by a, like a friend uh, a band from Suez the region of the Suez Canal uh, and it was like for locals a very famous band and it was so cool to see that they had three generations of musicians playing like the old guys then that ah this guy that was like uh not even the most, like, um, let's say, vital, like, in terms of vitality, but he said, someone told me, ah, he's the one that created a band. Mm. And he's still, like, he is the one organizing yeah. the thing, like, the patron of the, the grandpa. And then you had another guy that was, had a beautiful voice, and that's what caught my attention. And then the, the new guys, like, um, like sing the young ones. And so it was three generations. It's not necessarily the same family. It was just interesting to see that the same band continues like this. Three generations. This was unique. I've never seen this before. Um, and one of the things that they were telling me is that the singer, the one that I really liked, he used to go as a boy, he used to go to the shows and watch the show and look and learn. And even talking to the singer of this band here that is going to play uh, next week, he learned, he told, I asked, oh, so how did you learn? All by ear, all by heart, all by listen, 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 body, 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 listen, pay attention, try to do it, and then showcase your, your skills, and then you are always learning. 
And in dance, we were saying like, oh, there's not many people having balance classes around, but they know how to dance, how the hell? And it's a different way of learning. And I think that's so fascinating that it's this active way of like, I want to learn how to do this, let me figure out. So I noticed that a lot of the backup drummers, which in the end it's what I became when I was in this, uh, in this rehearsal, because you want the opportunity to watch the person that has the skills that you want mm -hmm. and figure out for yourself how to, how do, to do that. Mm -hmm. And that's so useful. And then that, I think, uh, just to tie back to online, it sort of applies. I think the new generations are people like we do that, or the Yana Dance Club, like we, we sort of like see students that do that. It's like they come to seek knowledge and but still in a Western way, because you explain things, you do like everything. But there is this element of in the online world, like, okay, I want to learn how to do this thing. You don't, we're not waiting for a full curricula to, or someone to say, okay, now you're ready to learn. Oh, you just try to go and you try. And uh, sometimes it will be disastrous and you're not going to do it nicely. I hope heart surgeons are not using this. Uh, but um, at the same time, that's another element. Uh, Kevin Kelly, this guy I was talking about in a podcast, that actually the amount of learning and getting better with heart surgeons specifically, that's why it was on my mind, because they put their whole operation, their techniques on YouTube. Mm. And then the other guys go and look, ah, he's doing that way. So instead of waiting for six, seven, eight months for the paper to arrive saying like how to do, they're looking at each other's things and it's an active learning. What are you doing? How is your hand? Oh, instead of there was one guy, I'm using my pinky to do this, you know, like, ah, oh, cool, let me try that. Oh, cool, it works. And so advances way more. And I think that's one of those things that having this ancient way of learning, which is this apprenticeship, right? And this Western way of learning, which standardized and works, like, okay, this is the program, and you actually are more proficient in a lot of things. And then now these options of online grabbing stuff from everywhere. I think that's very, very cool. Well, on this note, I think it was a lot of interest and inspiration for you to hopefully dive into your whatever professional development and studies and events, because it's always inspiring to see different new level and experience something new, regardless how long you've been in your, in your industry, let's say. So on this note, I hope we hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to check uh, previous episodes. We talk about every time it's a different topic, yes. very different topic. It's very open, travel, work, creative life, whatever happening, we featuring. Um, you can find links in the description to the video. Also, don't forget to check Yandens Club that Pedro mentioned. It's our platform where I put my classes, sometimes with guest teachers, sometimes recorded on a very interesting locations where we travel and obviously inspired by topics that are on our mind at different spots uh, in different times of life. So check it out at yanandansclub.com or link also will be in the description of the video. And I am excited to see what we will be talking about next time. Yeah, me too. See you next time, guys. <laughs>